this morning. My text comes from Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 to 37. It says, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. I want to talk to you today about the subject, words matter. Words matter. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we have gotten a very serious lesson in this nation concerning how much words really do matter. We in the whole world have watched a mob of insurrectionists fueled by the divisive rhetoric of our own leader overtake and desecrate the citadel of democracy in this country, the U.S. Capitol building. Words really do matter, and that's what we want to focus in on today. But mainly we want to focus in on what does the Word of God say about our conversations, our words, the things that we say, the things we listen to other people say, and the impact they have upon us. Words matter. Why? Because words are powerful, words carry meaning, and words have consequences. First, I want to look at the fact that words are powerful. James chapter uh, 3 says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. James 3, 3 to 6. You see, words are small things in and of themselves, but in the mouths of some, those words, only, they mobilize people into, into any kind of thing. They can mobilize people into doing good, or they can mobilize people into a mob to destroy. I hope you've learned a long time ago that the old childhood uh, retort, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me, that is one of the biggest lies we ever teach our children. Sticks and stones may break my bones, that's true, but words will never harm me? Oh, no, 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 no. Words can harm, words can corrupt, words can destroy words are powerful. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King understood the power of words and he used his voice 
to awaken a nation to the evils of racism and oppression. His voice was silenced 53 years ago. We desperately need his voice today. I wonder what Dr. King would think of the atrocities of the last couple of weeks, seeing people with swastikas and Confederate flags storm and overtake the U.S. Capitol building. I wonder what Jesus would think and does think about many of the people in that mob who carried Jesus' flags. James 1.26 says, If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. I know self-proclaimed Christians who insist, well, I just say whatever I, uh, I, I think. I can't really control it. It's just me. Then evidently, according to the Bible, your religion is worthless. You see, you can control your tongue. You can control your words. And words are powerful, and we need to control them. So number one, words are powerful. Number two, words carry meaning. Words carry meaning. Matthew 12, verse 37, Jesus said, The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Words mean something. You can't unring a bell. And neither can you take back words that you say. Once you've said it, it's out there. Oh, you can apologize. You can say, oh, I didn't really mean it that way. You can come up with all kinds of excuses. But bottom line, you can't unring a bell. And you can't take back the things you said. They've already been heard. You can say, oh, I was only joking. But after you use that line too many times, people realize, no, you aren't joking. Because out of your heart is where those words flow. A friend of mine, Pastor Montana Mormer, loves to tell people, say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't be mean when you're saying it. Words have meaning, and they'll come back to haunt you or to help you. Especially in today's world where, where everything you do and say is, is being recorded. Yes, our devices are listening to you to us when we talk. That's kind of what they were made to do. So yeah, Siri knows what you're saying. She's listening for you. Words are powerful. Words carry meaning. And then thirdly, words have consequences. Words have consequences. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Matthew 15, 18, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. I want to camp here for just a few minutes. Words have consequences. You see, words can incite or invite. When a situation is tense, when a topic is controversial, you have to choose your words wisely. And this is what people so often don't understand. You see, your words can incite people to anger and, and violence, or they can invite people. 
to calmly sit down and discuss issues like civilized people, you know, the kind of people we pretend that we really are. It reminds me of when I was 10 years old, and my parents had agreed to let me have a Halloween party for my entire class at school. And we had just the place for it because we lived on a on, on a on a functioning farm. Uh, it was a cattle ranch. It was a horse ranch, and and we had a lot of outbuildings. We had this one that would be perfect. It was a four car detached garage. It was just the right size for a great Halloween party for about thirty uh, kids. So that's where we were going to have it. But you know, up in Indiana where I grew up. It's kind of cold at the end of October, so we were going to need some heat in that building, but that old garage had a big pot-bellied stove. That's where our heat would come from. So on the day that we were going to have the Halloween party, my whole class was invited. I was so excited. I went out in the afternoon. It was a Saturday. I went out in the afternoon to start preparing the fire in the pot-bellied stove so that we would have heat uh, that night. So I was, I was a Boy Scout, so I knew how to build a fire, and I thought I was doing pretty good, putting that, getting that fire going. It was a slow process, but it was, the kindling was beginning to take a little bit, and, uh, and I was tending to the fire. Then my, my, one of my older brothers, Stevie, he came out to check on me and see how I was doing. Now, Stevie was six years older than me, and uh, he pretty much knew it all, if you asked him at age 15. He said, you're not building this fire right. This is going to take you forever. It's not going to be hot enough. It's not going to be good enough by the time the guests come this evening. Let's get this fire going. So he had this brilliant idea. Stevie always had brilliant ideas. Uh, I, I admired him for that. So he, he found a, a, a gallon plastic jug that we had used, uh, that had, had apple cider in it for the party, and uh, it was empty. So he filled it full of gasoline. He put the lid on it, and then he took a pin and poked a hole in the, the side of it towards the bottom. He now had a squeeze bottle, gallon bottle full of gasoline that he took over. He opened up the pot-bellied stove. And he started squirting little streams of, of, of gas in the fire. And that, that gas would go out of there. It would head right into the fire. And the fire would go whoosh. You know? And, and it, was, it was burning things hotter and faster. And he said, see, this is how you start a fire these days. And so he kept squeezing and squeezing. And he, it kept getting more of the wood on fire and more of the wood on fire. And he was doing good. And I was sitting, I was standing by watching just in amazement at how smart this, this older brother of mine really was. Well, he got kind of tired of squeezing and squeezing and squeezing. Decided, let's hurry this thing along just a bit. And so what he did was he gave one big, long squeeze. And so now we had a solid stream going from the, from the gasoline right into the fire. And then I watched in horror as the fire started following that stream, and it was coming straight for Stevie. It, got, it followed that stream all the way up. I screamed, and Stevie jumped back and dropped that gallon 
jug of gasoline when the flames had made it almost to the plastic jug. The plastic jug hit the concrete floor, the plastic cap popped off, and it exploded, burning gasoline all over everything. Well, fortunately, Stevie and I were able to get out of there without any serious burns. And also, as God would have it, there were enough men working that day on the farm that they were able to get the they were able to get the fire out in time to save the building. But you know, I learned a lot about gasoline and fire that day. Whenever we approach a conversation and things starting to tense up just a little bit, we need to realize that we're carrying two buckets with us. And it's our choice which bucket we're going to use to start dousing those embers, that little tiny spark, those little flames. What are we going to use? Are we going to use our bucket that has gasoline in it? We pour that on and we incite everything. Or do we take our other bucket in our other hand and it's got water? Do we pour it on and we douse everything? Yeah, words really do have consequences. And we need to be aware of that. The second thing is, words can, can not only, words can not only tear you down, they can also build you up. And we have to decide. It's our decision. So one of, the, one of the passages that Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, Do not use foul or abusive language. Make sure everything you say is useful, helpful. And use the words that you have as an encouragement to those who hear them. Words can tear down or words can build up. One of the churches that I pastored, there was a man named Bill in it. And at the end of every service, I would step down from the, from the pulpit. The other pastors would be behind me and, and we would make our recessional down the center aisle while we're singing the doxology. And then I would take my place at, the, at the, the, the back of the church, and I would greet people as they came out, and they would say, oh, wonderful sermon, wonderful sermon, pastor, oh, you preach so well, and all of these other things. Uh, I think they were just trying to make me feel good. But Bill, who was not a pastor, he would position himself over <clears throat> to the side. When people came out and they shook my hand, they would make a beeline for Bill. And they would form a line in front of Bill because they wanted to talk to Bill. And they would wait sometimes 15 minutes in that line until it was their turn to talk to Bill. You see, Bill, Bill had developed this, this, this knack of being an encourager because he understood that words can put down or words can build up. 
And he was one who wanted to use his words to build up. And they would literally stand in line because he would encourage them. He would compliment them. And they were sincere compliments. He really meant it. He liked people. And, and, and he would say, he would always find something to compliment you or encourage you about. Hey, I love that. Is that a new dress? I really like the pattern in that dress. That is so great. The color brings out the color of your eyes. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I like that red tie of yours. It looks nice. You're looking sharp today. Uh, oh, hey, I saw your picture in the paper this week. Congratulations on that promotion at work. That was wonderful. I bet your family is so proud of you. And people would eat that up. You know why? Because one lady told me, I always want to talk to Bill before I leave because Bill always encourages me. Bill always builds me up by whatever he says. And I, I, I sense that he really means it. And then she looked at me, she says, it's usually the only encouragement I get all week long. Yes, your words, your words can, can build people up or they can put people down. You know, no one has to learn how to discourage people. We don't ever have to teach our children how to be negative, how to put people down, how to discourage them. We don't have to do that. That comes naturally. We have to watch ourselves and teach ourselves and our children how to encourage people, how to build people up. So how do people feel after they've been with you? Your words can incite or invite. Your words can discourage or encourage. Also, your words can hurt or heal. Proverbs twelve eighteen. some people make, Cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Luke 6.45, Jesus said, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And we're living in a time when people are so concerned about their rights to free speech. People should be able to say anything they want to anyone they want through any means they want. And we have become a society that harms people with our words, all in the name of free speech. As a Christian, let me challenge you to think about this. You should be more concerned with your responsibilities than your rights. And when it comes to your conversation, when it comes to your words, whether they're spoken or whether they're written on social media, words can hurt, words can heal. It's your choice, but the consequences will be there. As I said in the first part of this sermon this past week, we saw the lawless insurrectionists take over the Capitol building, waving swastikas and Confederate flags and even Jesus flags. They want their country back, and trust me, we have not heard nor seen the end of them. It will get worse before it gets better. We are to stand firm on the Word of God. That's what we are to do. The Word of God. We are to hear it, we are to read it, we are to study it, we are to memorize it, and we are to meditate on it. That's your hope. That Word of God. We've got to know the Word of God because there are a lot of people in this world who are 
misunderstanding the Word of God. That's why you can't just hear it or read it. You've got to commit. Commit this year to studying it. Commit to memorizing it. Commit to meditating on it. We are to stand firm in the Word of God. That's what we are to do. We are to follow the Jesus of the Bible. Not the Jesus of those who were waving Jesus flags as the mob stormed the U.S. Capitol this past week. No, we are to follow the Jesus of the Bible, the Alpha and the Omega, the bright morning star. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is our Redeemer. He is our Savior. He is our hope in these troubled times. He said He is the resurrection and the life, the light of the world, the righteous one, the Lord of glory. He is our Messiah, the Christ. And we are to listen to the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter in these times, who is our counselor, who gives us guidance and illumination as we read the word. The Holy Spirit illuminates and teaches us what that word means and applies it to our own lives. We are to pray as the psalmist prayed, in Psalm 141, verse 3, when he said, Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. And then Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For we recognize that words are powerful. Words have meaning, and words have consequences. Father, I pray right now for everyone who is listening or watching this video, everyone within the sound of my voice. Oh God, I pray that you will keep us safe in the days to come, and I pray, Lord, that your power your power and your word will go forth. And Father, people will be able to see what the word of God really teaches, who Jesus really is, and that we will be impressed to start watching our conversations, watching what we write on social media, listening to how we talk, and thinking about the impact of our words upon those who hear us. Now may the grace of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you, be with you, and go with you, now and forevermore. Amen.